Warning, this podcast has stories of real-life events and true crime that happens every day. These stories may contain adult language and graphic or disturbing details not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. In our society, most people are content to go through their daily lives safely and peacefully. But our society is not always safe or peaceful. For that reason... Some men and women answer a higher calling to defend and protect their fellow man. You probably know someone who is one of these people, or maybe you are one of these people. The ones who see and do the things most people would never want to. These things are sometimes heroic and beautiful, but often they are horrific and terrifying. It's these things they don't share about with other people. It's these things they carry with them, so you don't have to. But when they get together, they talk to each other about them. And they call these stories War Stories. Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, again, this week, we were going to have a guest and kind of current events got in the way. Um, it, we would be remiss if we didn't at least answer some of our listener emails. It was a big week. We had... Uh, uh, two self-defense cases, one of which mm-hmm. um, was a guilty verdict and the other was a not. It was actually three guilty verdicts and one was a not guilty verdict. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Um, but uh, that's, what, I guess, what we have in store. Chuck, and you also have an email, don't don't you? Uh, yeah, uh, someone got it, got the question. I actually got a question um, and Kind of two, uh, one of two of our listeners wanted us to discuss um, parts of the written house thing, and and one of them, one of uh, our listeners who um, is on the opposite side of the aisle, if you want to say it, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, wanted us to thought s- process, yeah, sure. And he was he he gave us an article, and I I read part of it, and I stopped reading after it was completely left sided or left leaning. At the very beginning, and I don't like my loose news left or right. I like it right down the center. I like facts, and I and I want it to be uh, facts facts based and not uh, an opinion piece like most news articles now are doing. Oh, and it so was complete is... opinion piece, right, with facts in it to support the opinion, but twisted. I mean, and if you really want yeah, to narrative. Exactly. If you really want uh, to support your own agenda, you can find things to support your narrative out there that have facts in it that are truthful, but skewed a certain way. Sure. It's all out there. It's everything's out there. You can, you can confirmation bias yourself right into an early grave. (laughs) Yeah. So we got that. Um, I got some news, Um, some stuff that we've been waiting for has shipped on the way. And somebody somebody picked Santa up Claus. on our hint. Somebody picked up on our hint because they messaged us, but they still ha- they they're in the neighborhood, but it's, they haven't quite figured it close. out. Close, yeah, it's close. If you're listening, it's close. You're close. You're halfway yeah, there. You're getting there. So, um, well, well, why don't we start with this? Why don't we start with this email? Because I know once we get into the written house. Uh, case in the Aubrey case, um, we're going to talk about some legal concepts. I think that people need to understand because there are some serious differences in legal principles and people need to, I, I've seen some people that get it right in, in saying things like change the law. 
Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about that. So, okay. So we had, uh, uh, Doug, I'm not going to say your full name out of, uh, full disclosure and, uh, confidentiality, but Dougie here. Um, I'm sorry if that offends you, Doug. Uh, he asked, um, if we could discuss something regarding the written house thing. And I asked, sure, what it was. He goes, was the drone footage they had during the case reliable evidence? And why did the police not arrest Rittenhouse when he came to them with his AR strapped on him? Because me personally, I'm surprised they didn't have their guns drawn and telling him to set the gun down. Also, I really love the war stories and the locker room that make my work day go by quick. Um, well, thank you, first of all. Yeah. Because we appreciate that. And now I don't know if he's referring to it like at the beginning when he was walking around with an AR, um, from, you know, um, during the, 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 the riots uh, that started off as protests that quickly led to um, semi-peaceful rioting, I guess. This is the, the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shit burning behind you. Yeah. No, Mostly the riots. Peaceful. Or at the end when he turned himself in and I was, he did get taken into custody, right? yeah he he did turn himself in with his hands up and he was trying to he was trying to turn himself in at first and then i think he went home and then he ended up turning himself back in it later because they didn't want to take him at first yeah you you honestly like not knowing what's going on you have so many moving parts and you don't have a caller to call in i can tell you that when you're working in um in riot control from personal experience we're working in riot control uh scenarios um dispatch is gone really right um right. there is no calls for service coming in there are it's it's the fucking purge basically and when you work in smaller cities you're not going to have dispatch coming in like hey we have this you're gonna have dispatches gonna be so swamped that they're just basically calling out uh for your your team lead or whatever or your um, incident command system that's put in place on where to deploy assets during a riot and where they are riding um, it's very difficult to get a nine one one call placed in uh, during all that stuff. So I don't think they probably would have known that that he was involved in the shooting. They'd probably just get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here, you know, whatever. But um, it's stuff like that. It's a, everything's moving a mile a minute faster than normal and faster than a normal police call. So it, it doesn't surprise me if they were like, "Oh, hey, get out of here," because they just didn't know. And he was like, "Well, I tried turning myself in." Right. Well, they don't know who's who in the zoo. They exactly. don't. They know shots are fired. They know this kid. If they're hearing active shooter and this kid's giving up, they might not be thinking that's he's a threat, the right guy. So they let him go because they're hearing one thing and seeing another. Right. But there's, you know, there's there's many a time dispatch has got it wrong. <laughs> yep. Oh, I can't. Oh my god, I cannot tell you how many times. You stop the wrong person and you're like, well, they match the description and they come back. Well, actually, that was uh, the person calling. You're like, yeah, I figured that out after he yelled at me and said, I'm the one who called you. And you're like, yeah, got yeah. It. I've yeah. had this said that was victim, the right. I mean, yeah, they said it was the, the 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 RP and they give the RPs description and all of a sudden you're pulling the RP over as a suspect. And oh, yeah, oops. I've had in, in mid route <laughs> <laughs> call both victim and suspect get switched and the yeah. the brand new boot I'm working with goes, so what are we going to do now? I'm like, we're going to arrest everybody. Yeah. We're hooking everyone, hook everyone sure. up. I, goes, I've, I've heard dust them off later. And, and exactly the, the, the innocent people will, you'll apologize to. I'm going to be like, Oprah, <laughs> you get hooks, you get hooks, you get hooks, you get hooks. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. Before shit can go sideways. Yep. Um, In God, we trust everybody else. Let me see your hands. Exactly. So <laughs> I, 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 I can totally understand why he didn't get taken into custody. That can, yeah, it, that can understandably and believably happen. Um, whether or not, like, I, I, I can't tell you if he was a different race or if he was a different gender or if he was a different, I can only tell you what happened, which is right. shots were fired. He's a 17 year old white kid with an AR hanging and his hands up, doesn't get taken into custody for whatever reason. So if he gave himself up later, you can't say he was trying to run or conceal his identity right. when he tried to give up initially and then gave up a second time. Yeah. And you, you know, and we can what if it to death, but on, honestly, um, what if thing is, it's like assholes, everyone got them and everyone, they all stink. You yeah. know, it's my like uh, DI in the Academy said, what if grasshopper said machine guns, who fucking knows? It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Don't. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, and every, if you live in different parts of the country, I mean, having an AR strapped to your chest, you walk down Los Angeles, you're like Hollywood and Vine or, you know, Hollywood and Highland or whatever. And you've got a fucking AR strapped to your chest. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get proned out. You're going to get pulled down and you're going to get taken into custody. Uh, and yeah, not stupid. so much up here. Yeah. But in other states, it's completely different. You know, maybe in New York, yeah. you're walking around with an AR. The same thing might happen. Chicago, fucking probably. Yeah. Um, But. Major metropolitan cities, but you get out into the rural areas of this country, yeah. it's not as weird. And it's not to say that people won't look at you, but people won't. It's going to take a minute for anybody to think the worst. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so it is. That's the first thing. And that, okay. So now let's honestly say, let's take out what, because here's how I've looked at the case, right? I will argue the other merits of the case with other people separately however um the bottom line is is the the number one question is did the jury make the right decision and i think they 100 percent made the right decision because based on the evidence presented to them at trial it was a clear-cut case of self-defense okay that is how you know did the jury get the decision right if the evidence at trial supports the verdict, they got it right. And that's what happened. Yeah. So you want to argue what evidence should have been allowed in or what evidence shouldn't have been allowed in. You can argue that right. you want to argue whether the DA should have assigned a more seasoned prosecutor or if the dick nuts that he assigned to the case, like you could argue that he was trying to kill the guy's career. You could argue that he's trying to, give the guy a chance to to shine in the spotlight you could argue that the da didn't want to touch that stinker with a 10-foot pole i i don't that's not the issue the issue is did the facts support a charge of murder or not and was it self-defense it was clearly self-defense and and, you, and yeah and that was i guess the other question too was the drone footage and i'm I'm assuming the drone footage coupled with the uh, uh, handheld video because it was like the never before seen footage and it was a drone plus a, plus a cell phone shot and two simultaneous pictures um, during the case, reliable evidence. Um, oh, why the fuck not? Why isn't it? Why, if it's showing and depicting the incidents unfold in real time, uncut, why wouldn't that, why shouldn't that be allowed? It's, it's admissible evidence. Well, and um, that's, this is the, this is the Looney Tunes thing. Like, Okay. You want to reform the legal system? I'm all for talking about it. Let's have that conversation because we need to discuss things like um, the fact that 
I can have you captured on video and audio, which didn't exist when our legal system was developed, right? Right. So we have so many inefficiencies in our legal system just because we don't like we don't go into court and go, okay, first step, is it on video? The prosecutor? Yes, it is. Okay, let's start moving over into this area of we have you on fucking video. We don't want to clog our legal system up with non nonsense fucking motions and all this other stuff. You're in a whole other, we fucking got you dead to rights category. Right. right? Yeah. Then we take the everybody else where it's like, no, it's not on video. It's not a clear cut case that can be demonstrated with video. Okay. Right. Now you go into the arguable category. Like those are all conversations that we can have about criminal justice reform. We can talk about, you know, the sentencing rates of blacks over whites. We can talk about, uh, man, the the necessity for mandatory arrest laws when it comes to DUI and domestic violence. Hint, yeah. spoiler alert: I'm against them. I'm against mandatory arrest laws for the most part. Whether it's domestic violence, whether it's DUI, it doesn't matter what what your political or social feelings on the issue are. I don't, my don't, I don't care about what the political issues are. I care about the reality, and the reality is you're doing more harm than good in a lot of those cases. However. That's not the argument we're having. The argument we're having is, was Kyle Rittenhouse in fear of his life? And when he was in fear for his life, is that when he killed two people and maimed another one? That's it. Right. And let me give an example of like, because people are going to be like, domestic violence. Holy shit. You're crazy. Let me give you an example real quick of, of a scenario. Say a female who's stage four fucking cancer, who's on her deathbed, has got no more hair, who wears a bandana to cover her head because it's cold outside because she has no hair due to the rounds and rounds of chemo that she's gone through that has ravaged her body and made her sick. Now, she has an ex-husband. They have a child in common, right? They're doing a exchange of custody. Uh, during the exchange of custody, a uh, man gets the, the ex-husband gets... Um, irate and agitated and angry gets in her face Mm -hmm. and is yelling at her it's not necessarily a crime but is it rude as fuck absolutely you know and he's yelling at her in her face and she's like tries to back up and he gets in and he says something that's you know uh uncouth and off the fucking wall and they're just completely completely rude and and disrespectful and she smacks him in the face once and get out of my fucking house right he gets angry he calls the police the police show up and he demands her arrested for domestic violence is that uh, a domestic violence law that we should be arresting for? Does that do more harm than good? I would say a stage four cancer patient who has done nothing wrong, has no injury, and he's saying, well, she smacked me in the face, and that's it. Every situation's different. Is there such a thing called cycle of violence where people lie? Yeah, absolutely. But I would say if she's admitting, he's admitting, both stories corroborate, okay. it's probably going to do more harm than good. So you know I, can I, mean? tell, I can tell this story, and I- I don't think I've told this story ever on the podcast. I may have, but it's not my story. So I don't think I would have. Um, However, it's kind of goes with what we're talking about. Um, So I was at the station and I'm debriefing a call that uh, these other officers were on. And one of them, she, she had been dispatched primary to this domestic violence call. They get there. They, you know, as you do split the husband and wife up to talk to them. So primary officers talking to husband, secondary is talking to wife, right? Mm-hmm. So the primary officer is talking to husband and the husband's like, you know what? 
I was just trying to get some sleep and my sister comes in here and she starts yelling and screaming at me. And I was just freaking pissed off as all hell because we've got to move. But I, I worked all night and I was just trying to get some sleep. So she comes in here and she's yelling at me. I kicked her to get her out of here so I could go to sleep. And so then she goes back, talks to the partner officer, partner officer's like, well, I talked to her. She says they're supposed to move out and that uh, they've got to find a new place and that, you know, her husband, you know, I know he worked, but he needs to get up and find a place to live. And she was yelling at him about it. And he kicked her in, in the knee. The other gal says, okay, well, no crime. And the other gal says, no, no, no. It's a, or the other cop says, it's a domestic violence. She says, what are you talking about? It's brother and sister. And the primary says, well, yeah, he says that's his sister. So they go back to the girl and they're like, he says you're his sister. And the girl says, oh, does everybody have to know our business? Oh, shit. This is in California? (laughs) So they did not have one of their parents was not the same. But one of their parents was. Brotherly love. And they had been common law living together for seven or eight years as husband and wife. That's wrong. That's fucking wrong, dude. I'm now. Like that's a, that's a sticky one. Like, <laughs> where's the mandatory arrest law? They're in a marriage. They're in a marriage-like relationship. Fuck, that's but hard. According to the eyes of the law, it's an unlawful marriage-like relationship because it's incest, which is also unlawful. Cohabs. So cohabitants. That's about it. I mean, it's it. You know, we can talk about those issues till we're blue in the face. But the bottom line is, is you work patrol long enough, and you come to realize that. Every single one, nothing can be boiled down to everybody gets arrested. Yeah. I mean, you have to have spirit of the law and letter of the law, you know, and spirit of the law goes a long way. And sometimes some incidences deserve spirit of the law and some deserve letter, you know, uh, felonies, letter of the law. There's no getting away around it. Uh, misdemeanors, you can use discretion. It's a fucking misdemeanor. But there are certain misdemeanors in certain states that are mandatory. And, and some of them, uh, some cops don't necessarily agree with, and I'm right there. I think that every situation dictates is different. And there are certain things that are categorized as like, shall you shall do this? You shall do that. But you have some of those ones that are, you're just like, uh, I don't think that should Nothing be, should shall. ever be shall. No, it should be honestly up to the discretion. Um, uh, I, th- there, we honestly, we could go back on that for fucking hours because I could argue both sides and I'm sure you could as well. For which? For for all like the um like discretion and stuff for misdemeanors. You know, I well, could argue so, both so sides because I know it. Here's one. Why do we go through all this rigmarole in court, right? Why don't we treat certain misdemeanors? Because here's the deal. Misdemeanors in California, if a misdemeanor is not committed in the presence of the officer, they cannot arrest you for it. Right. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. Okay. They can take you into custody for it. Because somebody who was present when it was committed places you under private person's arrest, which is the famous, that's the famous citizen's arrest that everybody hears about. It actually happens in petty theft cases, like shoplifting and stuff. It happens quite a lot more than you would think, right? Or it did before shoplifting became a, not a crime. Uh, So anyway, I just wrote a paper on that today. I know, right? 
So my, my point is, is that you're getting to this point where um, the crime had to have been committed in the officer's presence. So again, like my other example of, do we have you on video? Then right. we go to this other checkpoint of, did the officer catch you doing it? And it's like, well, yeah, but it was, those weren't my pants. Hold on. Time out, time out. Time <laughs> out. If you in fact had like, like, like you can argue how you broke the law, but you can't argue that you broke the law because the officer right. was there. You did in fact have crystal meth on you. So now we take you and we put you in another category where the, proceedings mm-hmm. are different which is now based on did we actually catch you in the act and if we actually caught you in the act we handle those court cases differently right right that's that would be the next logical step i agree and you know that the so i would say for the going back to the written house thing for the drone footage why would why it should be allowed um yeah uh, it definitely supported the uh self-defense case because it showed him being chased it showed yep. Molotov cocktails being thrown, firebombs, whatever you want to call it. it. Showed him getting hit with a fucking skateboard. It showed a mob of people chasing after him, um, and and then it ultimately showed the shootings. You know, um, from at least the one I saw, and then there was a couple with uh, a cell phone video, which was kind of grainy and hard to see, but you could hear people saying, "Let's get this motherfucker" or something along those lines. Let's kill him. You know, somebody and, said, "Let brain him, brain him." Yeah, and what do you know? There's a picture, a still of the, of a skateboard coming down, and the next one is him tendering in this dude, canoeing him in the chest. Um, and then you have uh, another one. And what where, happened to the fucking days when tendering and a fucking kitty raper was ever an issue? Dude, I don't know. They're heroes, apparently. They're wearing super. They're they're dressing him up in dude, like a Superman body with their. If their you heads are celebrating them. George Floyd. If you're celebrating George Floyd's life, I, we don't. We can argue about how he died. We can argue about how he died, but let's not fucking sugarcoat who he was. Nobody. I, I I said this about Rodney King. I'll say it about George Floyd. I'll say it about whoever we we need to say it about. Let's not sugarcoat who they were. That doesn't change what happened to them, right? Right. So yeah. let's let's again. This guy got fucking ten ringed trying to. I love he died as he lived trying to touch a minor without consent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had yeah, raped. He had sodomized a 9-year-old boy. Okay? So, we talked about this on the show. Stop trying to pretend this dude's a hero. Yeah. And anyway, he tried hitting a, a kid, a 17-year-old uh boy in the head with the with the skateboard. Another one Threw a fucking Molotov cocktail at him. The other one pointed a gun in his face. Yeah. And the whole time, only three people were shot. I would say that kid has good trigger discipline. He has good sight picture, sight alignment. Uh, he executed things perfectly. Was it a shitty situation? Yeah. Okay. You, you know, want to, we but we're not arguing but, whether he should have been there. Exactly. Or not. That's a different exactly. argument. So there's yeah, the argument no. is, should it have been allowed in court? Yes, it should have been allowed in court. Why? Yeah. Because it tended to show guilt or innocence. And anything that tends to show guilt or innocence should be allowed in court. If it's prejudicial, in fact, and like, it'll just unnecessarily color what the jury thinks of the case. No, it shouldn't be allowed. But none of that is prejudicial. All of that stuff is just factual. In fact, anything that tends to exonerate the innocent should be allowed yeah agree 
Yeah, it's just like, it's just so, I don't know, like the whole thing, the Rittenhouse, I mean. Well, it's just as as bad as the Aubrey case where they, I'm glad they're going to prison. I'm glad they were convicted. They had no business to chase down this 25-year-old black guy in their neighborhood for walking while black. You know, yeah. I, I used to argue all the time against going to those calls and you as police officers, shame on you. You should be speaking up. You should be saying, hey, walking while black is not a freaking call that we should respond to. Right. You know, oh, he doesn't belong in the neighborhood. Well, how do you know? Do you know him? What if he has family in the neighborhood? And there's that. That whole thing where, and, you know, honestly, calls for service come in so much where you have um, suspicious person in the neighborhood and it's just someone walking down the street. Um, but then you have the ones where people are sitting in cars in front of your, your house. And, you know, that's warranted for someone to come because you can't see who they are. You just see someone sitting in a car, uh, maybe sparks of light are going, possible narcotics activity. And those sure. are valid. But just walking hey, any, in a Anything where somebody is not where they're suburb. supposed to be at a normal time. Like we talk about that all the time. I don't care if you're a white kid in Watts at two in the morning, I'm going to stop and talk to you because why are you in a neighborhood that's predominantly black in a really nice car at two o'clock in the morning or drug track? You know, hey, if you're Hispanic and you're sitting in a neighborhood where it's not predominantly Hispanic and you're driving, you know, you're looking furtively from side to side and the engine's running outside a residence where we're having residential burglaries, I'm going to stop and talk to you. That's that's part of the job. It's not, you know, it's it's what doesn't look right not not yeah. who doesn't look right i guess it calls for people just walking down a street didn't really be generated you know unless there's some other facts based behind it like oh this person's door checking handles looking into right. cars walking up and and ringing doorbells to see who's home those are common signs of knock he keeps hiding every time the, the exactly. car drives by those are common signs of knock-knock burglaries, door checking, and 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 scouting locations, as right. well as crimes of opportunity for unlocked vehicles, for theft from motor vehicles. I mean, <clears throat> those are different. But just walking down a suburb street is not a fucking crime and shouldn't be treated as such. Now, let's walk this back a little bit. Why was Kyle there to begin with? Well, Kyle was there to defend. Well, he was there to keep people from burning down his grandparents' business, right? He yeah. was there to say, do not burn down their business. But he and the reason him. I say it, he said, well, he, he, had a, he had a rifle. Oh. Yes, he had a rifle. Why? Well, for the same reason that in South Central Los Angeles, we had roof Koreans during the LA riots. Yeah, the rooftop Koreans, yeah. There were, you know, just Google roof Korean. It's a thing. Like, if you don't know yes. what I'm talking about, there was a an army of Koreans that during the Watts riot or the the, the Rodney King riots, uh, they owned so many businesses in black neighborhoods that they were taking high powered rifles of hunting rifles, ARs, all kinds of stuff. They were climbing on the roof of their liquor stores, and if you got within, it didn't matter who you were, except unless you were Korean <laughs> and you knew the secret password or whatever. If you got within like 20 feet of their store, they were just going to shoot you. And wild. They just, it was the wild, wild west. That's, that wasn't racism at work. That was a community of Koreans going, you're not going to loot and destroy my business 
And I'm not going to give, if you come towards my business, like you're going to do that. I'm not going to give you time to explain. Right. Right. So Rittenhouse goes there and he says, I'm not going to let you destroy my grandparents' business. And they say, you're going to have to get out of the way. Cause if you don't destroy the business, we're going to beat your ass. Say, well, I'm not getting out of the way and you're not going to beat my ass because I have an AR. Well, we don't care about your AR. We're still going to beat your ass. Blam, blam, fuck around, find out. Yep. That's what happened, right? When you boil it down to the freaking nuts and bolts, that's what happened. And in parts of the, in the, in the, in the country where um, the second amendment is your right to bear arms and that's it. It is not illegal to walk around with an exposed carry AR on your chest or a sidearm on your hip or a, a rifle slung on your, on your back. It, that is not illegal. So for people who are like, what well, he had an AR and he was just standing there. That's not illegal, it's dude. legal to walk down the stairs or the street with a friggin' ninja sword on your back. As long as you don't have it concealed, mm-hmm. you can Deadpool your way all across <laughs> Hollywood. It's over four inches, dude. And she. <laughs> Yeah, if it's you over know, four inches and it's outside, like as long as you can see it, it's not concealed. You're good to go. <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 sheathed and it's it's good if it's over four inches and it's sheathed. You're 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 good to go. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's that's wild, but whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's 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 our take Maybe on it. Maybe everybody should we're... just go back to carrying swords. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm just. Don't try to hit a sheriff with it because they, be they will dump you. No, no, no. Yeah. But like even the sheriff has to use swords and shit. Just we all go back to swords. Well, that'd be wild. Yeah. Um, it'd be like all those crazy movies and shows that are out right now about like a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic um, storylines and story and times. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking wild. But we were sent this by another by another listener who was like, would you discuss this on the show? Let me just read you the fucking headline. And I was like, No. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse story is completely fucking insane to anyone who's not American. And then it goes, the Rittenhouse trial confirms beyond a doubt what we've suspected for a while. A sizable chunk of Americans will enthusiastically endorse any activity, however lunatic, stupid, and evil, so long as someone wraps it up in a a Chinese manufactured stars and stripes and slaps liberty or death bumper sticker on it. There's a lot of crazy here, so let's unpack it. For the benefits of anyone who lives in a country or not a state of civil war or of social collapse, the basic story, a geeky 17-year-old. Okay. And I was like, really, dude? A geeky 17-year-old kid with a cop fetish. Okay. No. Um, first of all, homie, I, I don't know what you're, where you're getting geeky from. Like, geeky was that freaking chick that showed up to the Clinton jury dressed in a Star Trek uniform. <laughs> like that was geeky, you know? Like this kid's just oh. And the next line, white kid will, in a suit. Exactly. It will blow your mind. He doesn't stop any looting, but he does kill two unarmed protesters. First of mm. all, they're fucking armed. Second of all, they're fucking rioters. At what point does a protest turn into a riot? Mm. The moment you start defacing property, burning shit, and looting stores, that's a fucking riot. It is no longer a peaceful fucking protest or a yep. semi-peaceful protest with fire burning in the back. That is not a protest anymore. That is an unlawful assembly, and it is a riot. Here's the, here, let me, let no me clue you into something. If you are at a protest and something is on fire, you are no longer at a protest. It's a fucking riot. <laughs> and like that's that's kind of the rule that should be like the legal like standard right 
Yeah. Uh, protest or riot? Is there fire? Well, there's fire. Riot. It's right. Well, no, no, no. It's cheeky torches. Nope. Riot. Shut it down. Get the fire out of there. Nope. I can't tell you how many times we're rolling into um, riots. Um, before before the BLM ones for George Floyd, there was more um, in the areas that I've worked where it was uh, <clears throat> the cop who shot the the guy who just robbed the liquor store and they tried to take his gun and he shot him. Uh-huh. Uh, you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, Fuck, what was it called? Um, oh, I can't remember the name. The Ferguson, the Ferguson case. Was that the Fer- Ferguson? No, that was Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. And Ferguson, it was a Ferguson case. Well, anyways, the cop basically got um, got off um, because everything that he said was factual. DNA showed right. that the suspect tried to grab his gun. There was a suspect cell on the gun. It matched with the story that, you know, I responded to a, a radio call for a, a robbery in progress at 211. Um, I see the suspect matching this. I see the description of the suspect and it matches. I stop him. He charges me. He tries to take my gun in the process. I shoot him. That's like the condensed version. There's more to it, but there's, that's the condensed version. He ends up um, getting indicted and gets uh, and exonerated from all counts of the indictment and is a free man. Well, riots then started with BLM and Antifa and all this other shit. And that's when BLM and Antifa really came out of the woodwork. And I want to say this was back in 2016, I think. Uh, right. Yeah. Something, some shit like that, but we were rolling down to stage to get ready to be um, uh, sent out onto our lines. And, um, and so we're there. And as we're rolling down, we're in a convoy of police vehicles and we're rolling up to the command post. And I look to my right out of the window and I'm looking down this abandoned fucking city street, which normally is bustling with people. But because there's a fucking riot going on, no one's out. It's a ghost town. And the only people who are out are doing no good. I see busted up ATMs, people breaking shit. And I'm like, holy fuck. And we're just driving by them because we have to get staged first so that we can get deployed out to certain locations. And it was fucking mayhem on the streets for Dude, like you you guys don't, listeners don't walks. know if you've never been to i mean i've only been to one riot and it was a college riot and i this was not like full-blown like i mean it was you know rocks and bottles and all that but this was not firearms and looting it was broken glass and you know cops versus assholes but a riot riot like that shit is human beings at their most animalistic. Like that's it. Oh, dude, you've, it's you've triggered them. Dude, we were rolling around um, during the riots, and shit's popping off all around us. Neighboring cities, our city, fucking everywhere. And next thing you know, people start shooting at police, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And it's so saturated with cops that you want to go, but you are far enough away where you can't get there in time to render aid and you actually do more harm than good. And you have to stay in your quadrant to patrol that area in case shit pops off there. And it's just fucking straight, man, people are looting. And then next thing you know, they see cops and they pop, pop shots at them. Cops getting hit. You know, it's, it's fucking mayhem on the streets. And you're like, this is fucking crazy. Dude, they were strapping bodies to the running boards of suburbans. Yeah. In the in the ninety four riots, or the it's, fucking, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I have stories from people who are around that that I t- spoke with, and the shit that was going on, and like the the ROEs was fucking wild, dude. Yeah. It was a wild, wild west. Shit was popping off left and right, 
And a lot of those businesses, the reason why a lot of those businesses are still standing in certain areas of that city is because of the people who stood like the rooftop Koreans to defend their own and defend their. Let's see. So we had riots in the sixties, right? And we had riots. We had riots in the early nineties. Right. So we're, then we have riots, you know, in the, in 2020. So there's some small ones. We're going to have to have another, like, we have to have another like big riot. And then yeah, we're good for about 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild. And, uh, you know, it's not a fucking protest. And I hate when I see that it was like, well, the protesters, you know, well, no, no, no. It's a riot. And if you're all carrying those fucking... signs and chanting, you are protesting. Right. And during the BLM riots, if you're 20... blocking traffic, you're, now you're un- it's an unlawful assembly yeah. if you're setting stuff on fire it's a riot yeah this is this is like our let's 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 understand the progression here yeah and then all before that in the media there was peaceful protesters beating the fuck out of people and uh you saw i think i saw like two people on instagram facebook getting stomped to death not just the shit kicked out of them they fucking no, that died was astro world on camera no, 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 before that, in the 2020 riots. So like in those riots, you were seeing all this shit pop off and you're seeing there was a, a Chicago cop who got killed too, um, longtime veteran of the of their police department. I want to say Chicago and he got killed uh, and he was a um, African-American male and he was an astounding citizen and he was a police, longtime uh, police veteran and he was killed. And you see all this stuff leading up to what happens in Kenosha. So everyone has this in their mind, like these people are fucking out here to do us no good. To, to beat and pillage and, and, and fucking rob people of their dignity, their life, and their, their personal possessions. So we're going to defend it. So right. this is the mindset that people are going into. And no one's to blame except for the fucking, these people who are out there rioting. I mean, you guys, mm-hmm. you, you can't just be like, well, we're peaceful protesters when all around the country, fucking people are rioting. And then you are rioting because you're burning oh. shit. You're linking arms, linking arms. Carrying signs, singing songs are all signs and symptoms of a peaceful protest. Yep. Blocking cars, yelling and screaming, blocking traffic, breaking glass. And then, as we've discussed, setting shit on fire are all (laughs) symptoms of a riot. Fucking riot. This is is not fucking hard. It's not like there's a really like, like certain legal concepts. You know, there's a big gray area. You know, there's like the stealing bread to feed the hungry child. Like there's a big gray area where you can argue morality of, you know, greed versus, you know, anyway, this is not really one. Like it's about the behavior. It's not about the cause. Again, it's not about the cause. I don't give a shit. If you're the suffragettes and you're it's votes for women, I don't give a shit. If it's the civil rights, you know, Jim Crow laws, I don't, I don't give a shit if it's the ERA equal rights amendment women. You know, I don't give a shit what the cause du jour is. I, I don't give a shit if it's the fucking proud boys. I, I don't care who you are. Signs, chanting, singing, arm, linking arms, grouping together in the park, talking to the media, all fine. Blocking commerce, blocking traffic, lighting shit on fire, breaking other people's property and stealing. Not fine. Right. It's not a hard equation. 
Yeah. And you know what? It, in that, and we're seeing the the repercussions of that now where basically um, agencies um, uh, in some of these cities and states like California, um, they really didn't attack this with much ferocity right off the bat. And no, now you're seeing that on it hard and early. They should have. And now you're seeing that now with um, you saw it in San Francisco where that Louis Vuitton store or B- Vuitton, Baton, whatever Louis the, fuck, Vuitton. Louis, the Louis Vuitton store. Uh, I was, do the pronunciating. Was, um, <laughs> yes i said that wrong so, on purpose uh, so the uh that store got um looted um and broken into and now you're seeing more stores across uh other major metropolitan areas like los angeles and um in beverly hills where people are going in smashing and grabbing and that is a big thing because it was basically during the 2020 riots especially in like santa monica los angeles and places like this and santa monica stepped on it pretty hard um and in beverly hills and all these other places and beverly hills stepped on it pretty hard but then you have like these major metropolitan areas like san francisco and los angeles where basically it took them forever and and they really didn't combat much of the looting they tried they they were you know, going after it, but it wasn't to the point where they were being really, really hard on it. And uh, some areas were, uh, uh, many weren't. And it basically tells these people who are out there that want free shit, like, well, if we just go in a big fucking group and we uh, do a smash and grab, you know, we can get whatever the fuck we want and whenever we want. And that's happening now. Now, I will clue you in. And again, you guys can argue I I don't have to argue. I know what I think about it. But you can uh, you guys can argue right, wrong, or indifferent. However, let me explain to you. For those of you who have ever been to Los Angeles, lived in Los Angeles, you will know that up until the Russian mob after the fall of the the Soviet Union, L.A. didn't have really an, an organized crime problem the way you would think they have an organized crime problem. They didn't go through the mafia era the way Chicago and New York and Miami and Vegas did. And believe me, it wasn't because they didn't want to set up in L.A., right? It was because you can you can read about this all you want. It was because there was a program where they took gorillas in suits and they would go to train stations and they would go to bus stations and they would go to airports and they would have intelligence files on mobsters coming into town. When a mobster would come into town, they would go and escort him to their car, drive him to an abandoned hotel, beat the living piss out of him, and say, Los Angeles is not a mob town. This message is courtesy of the Los Angeles Police Department. You go home and you tell all your friends if they come to L.A., they're going to get more of the same. They would then drive them back to the bus station or the train station or the airport, put them immediately back on a train, bus, or plane, back to where they came from to deliver said message. And you know what? It worked. Now, (laughs) obviously, we're not doing that today. We're not able to do that today. But my point is, is that you're going to have to understand that you have to step on things hard enough and early enough to keep them from taking root, or you're going to have to deal with it taking root. Those are your options, right? Now, you can argue the tactics, you can argue the methodology, but those are your options. 
Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, and it's just going to, the, the, the crimes are just going to keep getting more brazen and it's going to get more and more and more and more businesses are going to get destroyed and more livelihoods are going to be lost because of this mob mentality. This mob mentality is taking root pretty hard in these major cities. And, um, and we're now seeing it play out and unfold in real time. And the holiday season is probably gonna get pretty hit pretty hard oh, because be freaking straight up post-apocalyptic. I guarantee you, you know? somebody is running a gang in San Francisco. There's at least one guy running a gang of thieves that are literally planning these heists and then going back to a hideout somewhere and enjoying the spoils mm. of all of their thefts and selling it on the black market, selling that shit. There's one guy that's running this whole operation in San Francisco, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And so check this shit out. Um, Making a ton then, of money. And then, too. and then we can get into that, that email that I just found. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is more lucrative instead of selling uh, rock on the, on the sidewalk and, and, you know, dealing your drugs, of course, that's still happening, but it's more lucrative and less risky. If you go out and you commit, let's say a burglary and, or like a, a theft from a business, it's more lucrative and, and less of a chance of going to prison for a really long time. If you do that, because they're getting slaps on the wrist, as opposed to, if you were to be, you know, get caught slinging dope, uh, mass quantities, you get, you know, hung out to dry for quite a long time, not just, you know, Possession in, in California has gone basically to misdemeanor. Basically, you don't get arrested for it. But still selling large quantities of drugs, you get hooked up and 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 um, thrown in, in jail and prison for quite some time. But property crimes are basically like, well, it's just a property crime. It's not that bad. And, you know, well, he went in, they went into the house where it was, you know, um, there, no one was home and they burglarized. It. And yeah, they stole a lot of money. And it turns into a felony, but it's very hard. You have a group of like six people who are from a gang who come to an area, who burglarize a house, who steal a bunch of shit in cars, who steal cars, and they do this. There is less consequences for those actions than, let's say, like harder crimes, but it's destroying right. people and people get caught in the crossfire. And sometimes, you know, because these people are going strapped, they're going with vests on. You've seen them in the footage where they have guns and bulletproof vests and they're going in no one's home but you're still capturing it on camera and you're seeing all this shit unfold and you're like wow and it's hard to it's one it's hard to 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 link them down because you know they're wearing ski masks you know the 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 covid masks and stuff like that and it, you don't get any good facial recognition it's hard to to get all the players involved so maybe you get one or two that are doing it and they don't roll on anyone because they know they're just going to get let go and you know some you know easy time and they're not going to get really there's no consequences for their actions and and it's just going to get worse especially in the states that have adopted that uh non tough on crime let's you know give them probation or you know some sort of um program to to rehabilitate well i mean it's not fucking working so yeah, yeah. good luck all right and now for the email you just found <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely brain farted on i was like email what are you talking about so um, after our last episode with um, uh, the EMS firefighter guy we had on, we had another uh, gentleman write in. So Joel write in. He says, hey, fellas, hope this finds you well. Um, it is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I just finished the uh, last episode with the, uh, uh, the Kentucky medic. Uh, I, too, have been a medic for 27 years. I hail from the great state of West by God, Virginia. 
Southern West Virginia to be exact. This time of year always brings back a memory I call Alyssa's fire. The phrase, it's always the kids, really hits home. Around 2007, it was Black Friday morning. I was working a county EMS assignment. We were dispatched to a structure fire with entrapment. On scene, we found that a three-year-old little girl was inside a well-involved house fire. Long story short, the rescue was made, and we got her out uh, to our trauma center with 60 to 80% second and third degree burns. Now, let me tell you, being in a burn unit for about three weeks to a month, I can't tell you how many kids were brought in and how bad second degree and third degree burns are across 60 to 80% of your body. I saw a gentleman in there with 90% burns over his body who uh, basically a tanning bed blew up on him. He survived, but he was an adult and he was there for a year, a year or two. Just re- I burned my hand. So I burned my bad. hand. Second, second degree burns, third degree burns on my hand and my face. And I didn't have to be in a burn unit. I got, yeah. be, I got outpatient treatment and I, it was awful. So I can only imagine. I can only oh, yeah. imagine. Ugh, and anyway. I was, I was in a burning it for a little bit. I had like 80% of my left leg burned and like, um, and it was third degree. And then like 40% of my right leg in second degree. And that shit was painful. Two surgeries, horrible. I had a long road to recovery, but I couldn't imagine that percentage of burns across someone's body and how rough that is, especially yeah. a child. Um, she was then flown to the Cincinnati children's burn center where she had a long and painful, but full recovery. Listening to that last episode on this week brought back memories. Again, I can still smell the burnt flesh and melted pajamas. I can see her bright blue eyes staring at me through a charred face. As I attempted to intubate her through my tears. It's always the kids. Yep. I just wanted to write y'all. And wish you a happy Thanksgiving and say I'm thankful for War Stories podcast and the Locker Room podcast. They both are a form of therapy for me. May God Almighty bless you and your families. To all of you on both podcasts, happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Respectfully, Joel, Firefighter Paramedic, Anstead, West by God, Virginia. So I want to say thank you, Joel, because uh, sometimes, you know, especially, uh, longer weekends or times when Chuck and I are spending time with family or when we're going through stuff, you know, we'll be dealing with podcast stuff and we'll both get tired. We'll be like, Oh man, you know, it's like having another job. Um, but it's like having another job you don't get paid for. <laughs> right. So um, having emails like that come in, you know, makes it easier and reminds us, okay, it it, it is, it is worth doing. And we're, you know, worth keep you know keeping on so i i appreciate those kinds of emails for sure yes yes Joel, thank you very much important to read it uh what's so what's our good news my good buddy so um about a week and a half ago and i'm just counting down days because there's not really any tracking information on this stuff um i've looked and i can't find it but when um, you order stuff from china you get it in two days two weeks or two months and you don't know which and uh, so I'm hoping DeSantis Claus brings it uh, here pretty soon um, because it will be coming through the uh, the port of Florida. Um, and so it's the stuff that we uh, give you a hint on. It should be here hopefully within the next week. Now, I can't really say for certain, but 
hopefully by the next week, because about a week and a half ago, I got the notification, hey, your stuff is shipped. And um, so it would be nice to have this time of year. It would be nice. It would be (laughs) be nice to have this time of year. (laughs) Maybe if if you get one, um, your girlfriend will try to jack it. Oh, (laughs) you said jack it. She's going to steal it from you. You know yeah. how that is, like we should we should start a company where every hoodie you order comes with the ability to buy the same hoodie in a size two sizes smaller, so that when your girlfriend inevitably like you get a sale price on a smaller version of it, so when your girlfriend steals it, you just give her the one that's actually in her size and keep right. yours. Buy one, get one for your girlfriend. Yeah. Girl, get your own hoodies. Oh. They don't buy girls. Don't buy hoodies. They collect them from ex boyfriends. Right. Dude, yeah. I, I can't. All my sweats and hoodies, I, I come down. So, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. That's where that went. They always, they, well, anyway, <laughs> you can, can, if you have a cool hoodie, you can count on your girl to jacket. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The jacket. That's all right. All right. Would well, be, would be nice. <laughs> would be nice to have it. This if she here. didn't jacket. Yeah. It would, it will be uh, coming uh, out to you soon. Um, it were promoted heavily, so uh, be sure to to grab it. Um, and we will, before we launch it, we will come on here because we know that there are some people on Instagram and face are that aren't on Instagram and Facebook that do listen to this podcast. So we will drop it here first, wait for the episode to drop, and then wait release a minute. It. Maybe we'll have to send it to Marco and Matt as well, and we'll do a debut. No. I don't know if you listen to this podcast. That's a fucking surprise. Oh, okay. All right. We won't tell. Don't tell him. Don't tell him on a on a podcast. Don't tell him. Marco and Marco and Matt can plug your ears if you're listening. Plug, to plug your ears. <laughs> All right. That. Well, until Inimitable. our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.